The Holy Gospel according to John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides in you, and he will be with you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Once again this week we return to this wonderful chapter in John, John 14, Jesus' farewell conversation with his disciples. As you know, he is preparing them for his departure, for his death on the cross and his resurrection. And beyond that, he's also preparing them for their future, for their purpose and their ministry and their continued relationship with him. Today, you heard our Lord talk about love, about the Holy Spirit, and about the amazing unity that abides between himself, his Father, the Holy Spirit, and us believers. First, it's all about love. Read through John, and you will hear the word love 57 times, including in perhaps the most beloved verse in all of our scriptures, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. Our reading today begins with love, when Jesus declares that if his disciples love him, they will keep his commandments. And it's really just one big commandment as recorded in the chapter before, when Jesus told them, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And in the chapter after today's, just in case they didn't get it, he says it again. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Do you hear it? John circles around love and he comes back to it and he repeats it and he nuances it over and over. So we must be thinking all about love when we read the Gospel of John. And as we go about our days, if we ignore the opportunities that Jesus puts in front of us to love one another, 
then we're missing out on the main thing that gives life its meaning and even sometimes its sweetness. The question Jesus asks us, the question that we would do well to ask ourselves, perhaps at the close of each day, is this. In what way did I, or did I not, love today? It's a question asked not to judge, but to grow an awareness of our loving actions. It's all about love. If you love me, our Lord said, you will keep my commandments. And then Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth. We learned some things about the Holy Spirit today. First, that the Spirit looks like an advocate, the one who stands up for you when you need it, the one who speaks on your behalf, the one who lends you a helping hand and takes your side and won't leave you while you are down. Second, we learn that the Spirit looks like Jesus. The Spirit is another advocate because the first advocate is Jesus. The Spirit will abide with us just as Jesus, the Word made flesh, has abided with us. And the Spirit helps Jesus keep his promise that he will not leave us orphaned, that he will come to us and be with us forever. And third, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. One scholar wrote about the word truth, and I thought it was just fascinating. I hope you will find it fascinating as well. He wrote that the underlying word, which is translated into English as truth, is aletheia. And in Greek, if the first letter of the word is a, it's sort of like un in English. So what follows it is what it's not, like rest and unrest. So it starts like that. It is the opposite of what follows, which is lethe. The lethe is the river in Greek mythology that the dead drank from in order to forget their past. The truth is not forgetting. So aletheia, truth, carries the sense of waking up and remembering, overcoming oblivion or stupor, being alive and vital, seeing what actually is. And isn't that something? The Holy Spirit helps us be fully alive and fully awake. Holy Spirit, please do that with us. Saint Irenaeus in the second century said, the glory of God is human beings fully alive. Make us fully alive, Lord. That advocate, that spirit of truth was promised to the disciples by Jesus. And oh, how they needed that spirit after Jesus was crucified. The Spirit filled them and enlivened them from broken, terrified people into bearers of the good news and world changers. And this gift of the Spirit is not, of course, just for those first disciples, but for all who would come later, including those of us gathered to worship here today, who have never seen the man, Jesus. Now, we might wish sometimes that we could have met Jesus in his earthly life, but for John, we who believe in Jesus today are at no disadvantage to those first believers. The same spirit lives in us, advocates for us, and enlivens us for our life and ministry.
So we've talked about love and about the spirit, and now a word about unity. Christians, of course, are familiar with the Holy Trinity, the three-in-one, God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But one particularly beautiful feature of John's Gospel is what one scholar called not the Trinity, but the Quadrinity. She uses this term because in John, Jesus insists that close relationship that exists between him and the Father and the Spirit that relationship also includes us believers. Not that we're equal to God, but that we are pulled into God's self by the power of God's love. So just as John circles back to the love language, he also circles around and repeats and nuances terms about this close unity, such as we are abiding in God and God abiding in us. Being in God, and God being in us and being one. I am in the Father, Jesus said, and you are in me and I am in you. So we as believers don't just try to imitate Jesus, but we participate in his life. When I was in college, I knew a student who was an artist, uh, very good, and one of his drawings especially called out to me he had filled an entire page with all manner of just teeming life, with plants and animals and people and trees and water. And as I looked at it closely, I realized that his pen had never left the page and that everything, everything in that drawing was connected with everything else. And I think if John were a visual artist, I think he would draw father, Son and Holy Spirit and believers just like that, all connected, all one, all united with one another. And now if we read ahead to verse 23, we would find the Mount Everest of this passage where Jesus says, those who love me will keep my word and my Father will love them and we will come to them and we will make our home with them. God has made a home here with us, in us, here and now, in Plymouth, in St. Philip the Deacon, in you, in me, in us together. What really and ultimately matters, belonging to the God who loves us, is ours now. Not later, not just after we die, but now by God's grace. And so what if, because God lives in us and we live in God, and because the Spirit dwells within us and we in the Spirit, and it's all for love, what if at the end of each day we asked ourselves that holy question, not for judgment, but for awareness and growth, what if we asked, Lord, how did I or did I not love today? And then what if we listened with trust and with openness? For surely the Lord who has made a home within us will love us into greater love each day. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen.